0: Hey everybody, this is Erica Janik, Threshold's Managing Editor, and I wanted to tell you about a special virtual event we're hosting to celebrate our seventh anniversary. It's called Stories in the Wild, and it'll be me and Threshold founder Amy Martin talking about everything it takes to make a season of the show. We'll explore what makes a story a Threshold story, share our adventures from recording around the world, describe how we work with musicians to score the show, and explain why it is so long between seasons. You'll also have the chance to ask us questions. All it takes to secure your spot is a $5 donation to the show. So join us on March 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time live on Zoom. Go to thresholdpodcast.org to register. We can't wait to meet you and to celebrate seven years of Threshold together.
1: Hey everybody, this is Amy Martin, founder and executive producer of Threshold. I'm here at COP26 in Glasgow with another dispatch from the field. Several nights in a row, as I've been leaving the conference, I've come upon people holding a sign made of glowing white light bulbs that spell out the words loss and damage. This is one of the topics I've been focusing on here at the conference, so when I saw the sign again this past Monday, I stopped and asked one of the people holding it why they were there.
2: It's amazing how many people walk past and don't know what loss and damage means. So it's an opportunity for us to talk to people and and find out what they think, how they understand it, and to do it in in an artistic way that kind of causes conversations.
1: Now if you're thinking, I'm one of those people who doesn't know what loss and damage means, don't feel bad, you are very much not alone. One of the reasons I'm focusing on this at COP26 is because I wanted to learn more about it myself, and because I don't think it's a concept that's well understood in general yet. The artist I was speaking with is named Laura Hopes, and I asked her to give me her off-the-cuff definition.
2: So loss and damage to me, this might not be uh, the best understanding of it, but it is, it's the point at which rich countries in the global north need to recompense uh, climate-vulnerable nations who are most directly experiencing loss and damage and, and don't have the ability to move into adaptation and resilience because they're so you know, hugely impacted by storms, wildfires, flooding. So we really wanted to, to highlight this and, and to really shine a light on the work that's happening inside COP and is happening internationally, but is also being supported at a grassroots level. From what I've
1: learned so far, I'd say Laura nailed it. In climate agreement lingo, there are three main categories of things to discuss. We've got mitigation, which is reducing the amount of planet warming gases we're releasing into the air. And then there's adaptation, planning for a warmer world by strengthening infrastructure or redesigning the grid to work better for renewables, things like that. Loss and damage is the third category. And here's another way of defining it from Siobhan McDonald. She's one of the lead negotiators for the island nation of Fiji.
3: Loss and damage
1: is about
3: describing how sometimes there are impacts that countries and states and people can no longer adapt to. That we are talking about sea level rise. We are talking about relocation and resettlement of atoll islands. There are no measures of adaptation. So beyond adaptation, no amount of sea walls, no amount of mangrove plantations, What are the answers then in this space? This is what we negotiate over.
1: So loss and damage is the part of the climate conversation where we are challenged to recognize that there are some things we cannot fix here. It's too late. The damage has already been done. Some things will just be lost, are being lost right now. That's what the loss and damage conversation is about, facing that grief. And beyond that, facing the reality that some countries are more responsible for causing that damage than others. A crucial data point here is that the G20 nations are responsible for 78% of cumulative global greenhouse gas emissions. That's from the UN Environment Program's 2019 Emissions Gap Report. 20 countries have done almost 80% of the damage, but people in the developing world are feeling the effects first and hardest including people from small islands like Fiji, who Siobhan McDonald negotiates for at COP26.
3: So this is really the heart of climate justice. This is the global south saying to carbon-emitting countries, we emit almost no carbon for the most part, particularly the Pacific, who I negotiate on behalf of. Almost no carbon emissions, and yet we bear the brunt of these impacts through cyclones, through
1: sea level rise, through changing weather patterns. It's this justice piece that's making loss and damage an increasingly urgent issue here at the climate conference. We're gonna be talking about it in depth in season four of Threshold, which will be coming out in the first quarter of 2022. But I wanted to get something out about loss and damage right now while the negotiations are still going on. I'm recording this on Thursday night at the conference, and just down the hall from me, negotiators like Siobhan are putting in another 18 or 20 hour day, trying to move the dialogue on loss and damage forward. I want to bring in Dr. Salim al again. You heard him in our first dispatch from COP26. He's the director of the International Center for Climate Change and Development in Bangladesh, and he says a really important thing to understand about loss and damage is that this is not about foreign aid.
0: This isn't about charity. This isn't about giving a a helping hand to poor people. This is about admitting responsibility. And the question here in the COP is, are they going to recognize that reality? Are they going to do something about
1: it? So that's what this conflict is about in a nutshell. Loss and damage is mentioned in the Paris Agreement, but nothing much has happened on it between then and now. According to everyone I've spoken to about it here, the U.S., the E.U., Japan, Australia, and other wealthy countries are dragging their feet on just about every aspect of this, including helping to set up a mechanism just for measuring loss and damage so the conversation can begin to get grounded in some real-world numbers. So that's what's happening behind closed doors right now, right here in the Blue Zone. I want to close this out with one more voice you heard in a previous dispatch, Adele Thomas. She's an IPCC lead author and the director of the Climate Change Adaptation and Resilience Research Center at the University of the Bahamas. I caught up with Adele this afternoon and asked her how she was feeling about how the loss and damage negotiations stand today.
0: My feeling now is actually one of anticipation. Um, We've seen some coming together of small islands and the G77 group and we'll see what that looks like in the decision text.
1: The decision text is what everyone's working toward here. The words that all of the countries give their approval to. Yesterday, text was proposed on loss and damage that the developing countries do not like. Basically, it just encourages parties to provide support for loss and damage. It doesn't actually require them to do anything. But today, according to Adele, the G77 and the small island states came together to propose different text as a unified group.
0: So this is like a Hail Mary pass. Like we're almost at the end tomorrow and we're coming in strong with this. So it's exciting between today and tomorrow. And Saturday.
1: I got to say, I think this might be the most I've seen you smile, and I don't want to read too much into it, but are you feeling a little hopeful that this might go through? I'm feeling hopeful that this proposal
0: will at least result in a better strengthening of the tax. So what's currently there is very weak and as nerdy as this is, this is as exciting as it gets, (laughs) right? (laughs) So like Thursday afternoon before Friday, we're coming in with this text on this kiosk. Um, So it will be exciting to see how it plays out.
1: We are going to be following the fate of that Hail Mary Pass and everything else surrounding loss and damage for Threshold. Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to support our work, please go to thresholdpodcast.org. We're in the middle of our annual fund drive. And if you believe in what we're doing and want us to keep it going in the future, we would really appreciate hearing from you now. Once again, that's thresholdpodcast.org slash donate.